Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this brand new spoiler review episode of The Bad Batch from The Geek. Buddies and Laura Kelly. <gasps> hey! We're back at it again here to talk about another episode from season two of The Bad Batch. Faster, uh, really cool. This is basically uh, Fast and the Furious meets uh, Star Wars here, uh, with a lot of allusions to Clone Wars, a lot of allusions to the Phantom Menace, some fun stuff going on throughout this episode. And I think more went on than people might be thinking. I've seen some people already commenting this is a bit of a filler episode. I couldn't dis- disagree more, and I'm excited to be jumping into this episode and talking about it with everybody here on the show. Let's introduce ourselves. I'm the Outlaw, John Rother, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you're going to get to see me next month on the season premiere of Party Down on nice. Stars. There you go. Sign up now. Get that free month. Uh, and joining us, the co-host of Force Toast Pod, the co-host of The Jedi Way, and someone who we are always happy to have on to talk Star Wars or whatever, the great Laura Kelly. How are you, Laura? I'm amazing, and I'm starstruck now. I loved those first seasons of Party Down. I, I'm so excited <laughs> that it's coming back. Holy shit, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, this is not a huge part. I, I want to temper your expectations. Don't talk it down. <laughs> I'm still excited. Don't even care. Featured role. Featured role. Featured role. Featured role. You're joining the cast. Oh, party down. That's how we look at it, right? That's how we look at it. But yeah, let's jump into this episode here. Faster. What an interesting name for an episode. And apparently allusion to what George Lucas used to say on the set. He would want things faster and more intense. So a nice, a nice allusion to that as well. And this one's a fascinating episode where we go to a new planet. We go and see a version of pod racing that's called riot racing. So it's like pod racing is what you do, what the higher ups do. And I guess riot racing is for the lower classes here. All the madness that's going on there. No rules, no etiquette, no rules of Queensberry, none of that stuff. Getting crazy. <laughs> Sid gets involved here. The, the, the crew is essentially split up because one, one half of them are on another mission. This half goes with Sid. We get the introduction of a new character here. We, we find out about Sid's past a little bit, and we get a new droid 
Teo, we get a new droid here voiced by Sonic's own Ben Schwartz. And for those of us who remember him from Parks and Recreation, absolutely loved him being a part of this as well. So, Vogel, I turn to you first. Thoughts on this episode? Thoughts on this um, approach and vibe? And what was your feeling coming out of this episode now? Um, well, I do think it is kind of an episode, but that doesn't make it okay. a bad episode. Uh, I think I think the one-two punch of last week's episode, which was so heavy and so powerful and did all the things that like we love an amazing Star Wars, it was political. It had commentary. It had all these amazing things and like diving into the clones and what was going on with them. Cody was there. And then this was just like fucking racing fun. Like there was just like, it is, it's a, we, you know, it's a, I was thinking about it halfway through the episode. I was like, look, about 10 minutes into the episode, you're like, okay, something's going to happen to Teo. Tech is going to race. He's going to show that he's really smart and they're going to help Sid. Like, I know where this episode is going. I know how it's going to end. And I'm having the best time watching this episode. I mean, this episode was like a show off episode. This was an episode where they were like, hey, Remember in Phantom Menace, like, even if you hate Phantom Menace, everyone kind of agrees that pod racing was pretty cool. Like, the 20 minutes of pod racing of that movie was pretty great. If you grew up in that era, you loved the pod racing video games that came out on the N64. You spent hours and hours and hours playing those. And they were like, let's do pod racing where they can fuck with each other. And it was thrilling. I mean, and, like, just the the vibe and the feel of the pod racing from Phantom Menace with our Bad Batch characters it was just so much fun. Like, I had a blast. And Ben Schwartz, uh, I think, you know, he's he's sort of the voice of BB-8, so I think that's my favorite Ben Schwartz droid, but Teo might be coming up on his heels because Teo was a sassy little bitch, and I very much enjoyed him. So I, I like, I mean, I just had a blast from top to bottom. I loved all, like, the alien cameos, the droid cameos. Like, it was... I really did get done with this episode and go, oh, between last week's episode and this week's episode, if you keep giving me this, I'm good for season two. Yeah. I like it. It's like a DJ who, when they play the sad song, they follow right, right up with that dance song. So you don't get, you don't wallow too deeply into the sad stuff. So after it's a great point you bring up, Michael, after last week's episode, which really went in deep and we missed you on the review to come back with something like this, that is fun and exciting and vibrant. And we see the connective tissues uh, and the moments that these characters really come through for each other, but then also a little bit of an ominous ending as well to kind of keep that through line going about Sid's backstory and Sid's past and how that's going to play out here as an interesting subplot throughout the season to continue that by the end of the episode, I thought was really smart as well. So you didn't feel too good, but you certainly enjoyed it, but still had a little bit of the dread by the end. Laura, your thoughts on this episode? Uh, as I said, we go to a new planet, we see these racing stuff, but also we find out this we find this new character, Malegi, who is voiced by the great Ernie Hudson, being a part of this and having uh, and giving that final warning, as I mentioned, to the clones before they walk off here with Sid. So we got so much more going on here than we might have anticipated from an episode like this. What did you think? You know, I really like that it sort of struck a lighter tone. Uh, it was a little bit lighter in appearance. We spent a lot of time outside in this episode. Uh, and it was sort of a great tech-focused episode, which we yeah. really don't have a lot of. He tends to sort of be our man in the chair, our guy with his head down in the data pad. Uh, and so this was it was really kind of a fun change. You get to see him maybe a little bit more in action. Um, coming off of last week, you know, stepping away from the sort of heaviness of like Order 66 memories and, you know, mm. seeing the sort of redundancy of Crosshair's life as an Imperial tool, you know, we're, we're back out in the sunlight in this episode, Ben Schwartz is here, like, it's, it's definitely just a lighter, 
frothier episodes um, in, ter in terms of what we've gotten so far in the four. Uh, but I think that they've struck a good balance. You know, I can see maybe where some people might call this a filler episode. I don't necessarily disagree, but I feel like we got some good character development for tech. I think we got mm -hmm. some interesting insight into Sid's colorful past. And I think that Omega, you know, has this strong rapport with Wrecker already, but we're getting a little bit more of her interacting with tech one-on-one -on -one, um, mm -hmm. in this episode. And I think that, you know, the reason that they stay and decide to help Sid is because Omega insists on it. So yeah. regardless of how tech, you know, can somehow come off as sort of cold and robotic, we kind of see that like Omega has some influence on him. He is still like a feeling human character. So, you know, the fact that we didn't have any, you know, there was no Hunter, there was no Echo in this episode. Um, and, you know, I would, you just know that wherever they are, they're arguing, which I love the idea of. They're just arguing because Echo is still on this kick of like, we need to be doing more for the galaxy. Um, and so getting to step away from that a little bit, um, I think was a, it was a good move. From what I've seen so far of this season, I think we've struck a really good balance. So overall, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I can always see, I can almost see Hunter like turning up the radio just to drown out Echo. Oh, yeah. About, <laughs> trying to find something else to listen to. Yeah, Shannon, we get, a, I think Laura brings up an excellent point. We get a tech-centric episode. We saw Tech and Omega having those interactions in the first episode of this season. You know, he's teaching her about the ships and he's quizzing her. Almost kind of a little more of a harder, well, not a hard ass, but a little more of a harder dad who's like expecting her to step up to the plate intellectually. Not a lot of motion here, but here Omega, as, as uh, Laura said, having a little bit of influence on him. You know she can lead Wrecker by the nose, but Tech is a little more of a harder sell. And he's the one that eventually kind of steps in playing the Danny Zuko to uh, Teo's Kaniki there, taking over <laughs> to drive the car, to drive the ship. So, I mean, it, but it's her influence that makes him do that. So what do you think about all of this episode? And, and of course, Teo is this new droid uh, in the Star Wars universe. So one, Grease totally popped into my head at that moment in the episode. I was like, oh, it's like Danny and Kaniki right before they race for pinks. Um, but it's, it really exemplifies why Omega is the moral center of the team because, you know, we keep talking about that the Bad Batch owes, you know, they're working off a debt to Sid. The moment she's taken by Ernie Hudson, by alien Ernie Hudson. Yeah. They're done. Like if she's gone, like they're, they're good to go. But because Omega has established a bit of a relationship and a rapport with Sid and, and knowing that like, Hey, this is not right. Like let, let's not let this happen. Dis despite, what Sid has done in the past to get herself in this situation, which tech mentions saying like, this is, this is becoming a pattern with her. Um, the fact that Omega doesn't let that happen, even though ultimately it would benefit her and her brothers. She doesn't let that happen. And as you said, John, she, re she leads a uh, wrecker uh, around by the nose, yeah. but this is the first time that, you know, uh, uh, tech made a non-logical decision. Because when he said, I'll be the race racer, like there's nothing, there's not a whole lot in it for them. So yeah. the, the fact that tech does make that non-logical decision based off of uh, Omega's insistence, I, I think that was, even though, yeah, I do agree. It's a, it's a filler episode. I mean, there was, there was some nice character building. Mm -hmm. um, I thought Ben Schwartz was fantastic as Teo and watching a droid who is very proud of their droidness that is that seems a little more human talking to a human who seems a little bit more like a droid. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really nice uh, juxtaposition to the action. Um, this is the type of 
uh, script that if this were a show that Vogel and I were working on, Vogel would assign the script to me. And as I'm watching <laughs> the action, I'm like, they could have gone farther. Oh, um, like, okay. like I did enjoy the racing, but watching how Tech gets out of that situation ultimately at the end, I'm like, you could have gone farther. And the, and I think I think they could have pushed it a little more comedically. I was not a fan of them getting rid of Teo. I was like, that was a mistake. Like, if, oh. you, if you blast off his arms and his legs, that's okay. But having Ben Schwartz there with Omega and Wrecker, I think would have benefited the episode ultimately. Oh, oh, like his head pop up or something like that, right? Absolutely. Just a hovering torso. Uh, <laughs> cr- critiquing, critiquing text piloting. And then they get to have that sort of nice resolution at the end. They're like, hey, for a human, not so bad. Yeah. Um, I, I think ultimately that was a mistake. Okay, fair enough. Um all right, I guess you can take it up with the writer uh, of this episode, Matt Mignovitz. Uh, make sure you send in an email to him. Um, but yeah, and, and the action stewardly directed this episode. I thought the action was fun. I really enjoyed Look, it's no secret that I'm not a big Phantom Menace fan. The pod racing stuff doesn't do that much to me for me. But in this episode, I really enjoyed this riot racing. This is my kind of racing. This is the stuff. If, you know, if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. I love this kind of stuff. This was great. The cheating stuff that went on with Malegi's guys, of course. If you're going to play in this sandbox, this dirty, dirty sandbox, don't be thinking there's going to be any kind of nobility here, any rules that people are following. So I don't I'm not think surprised. They were cheating. Uh, well, I fair enough. I guess so. cheating I guess in right. They were like, cheating, right? Like, yeah, good point. If it was a regular race, that's cheating. Like that's true. it's a Sebulba cheats in the pod racing and Phantom Menace, but everybody yeah. was pretty clear on what they were doing, and nobody cared because it was a riot race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The rules are, there are no rules. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what about the uh, voiceover guy who was calling all the, all the match, uh, calling all the races there, and he's like, Tech, that's it. That's his name, Tech. <laughs> that whole sequence. Did. I wrote down all of the names, and I'm like, that's, that's really funny. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's jump into this thing here. I'll break it down into two halves, basically. So uh, as, uh, as we were alluding to before, uh, people are missing here initially at the start. Of the episode, we see that Echo and Hunter are off because we're at Sid's place. Echo and Hunter are off on a mission transporting nerf herders. I don't know, transporting something no, no, here. No. Nerf nuggets. No, no, no. Nerf nuggets. Nerf, nerf nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> Sorry, nerf nuggets. By the way, that yeah. means basically Star Wars has their version of chicky nuggies. It is canon now. There are nuggies in the Star Wars universe, they are nerf nuggets. I was very excited to find out. That little bit of information. Grogu is very happy right now. <laughs> I wonder if they shows up show up next week at Disneyland or Disney World with the uh, Star Wars land. We shall see. But anyway, so Sid, so Sid brings Omega, Wrecker, and Tech as a personal security after essentially atta- verbally attacking them and saying, you know, well, you guys need to be my security. I'm going to go do this. And Muscles, you definitely need to come with me. Uh, tech initially resists, but go, goes along with them, and they head on off to this planet. And uh, we see that uh, Sid has a. We go off to this uh, uh, racing area, right? Racing stuff. We see all this stuff. We see. We find out that Sid has a droid that is essentially her ringer, as she calls him, uh, and his name is Teo, and he's the one uh, that we see winning the race while we're out there watching this whole thing. That we come down. Teo jumps out of the pod, walks right on up, and then immediately has a back and forth with. Uh, with uh, tech and uh, which he calls him what the spectacle spectator or something like that. And uh, with, <laughs> yeah. Right. With, with Wrecker laughing along to that, but then Sid kind of stops it. It was soon because of course 
male droid, male clones, it's, it's males anyway. There's all there's going to be a lot of measuring going on, and that's essentially what's going on. Sid's like enough of this nonsense. You got to focus on what you need to do here. And then Malegi walks up, and that's the Ernie Hudson character. What an what an intimidating character and design as well. Um, and essentially seeing, uh, you know, kind of that, using that size, using the shadow. And we see that, like, the clones, even Wrecker's a little timid or a little nervous in this situation. But certainly Omega, seeing the way he steps to Omega is a bit unsettling as well. We find out that Malegi and, and uh, Sid have a past here. And she, he's essentially trying to convince her to uh, be a little dirtier. And she says, it's not my way anymore. I've got a guy here. Teo is going to take your guys on. He's going to win this whole thing. And, 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 and then they set up a bet. And essentially saying, you know, th- this is the amount and this kind of thing. So Sid puts herself on the line for this situation. And uh, we go to the race. And uh, in the race, of course, uh, Malegi's uh, pilots, uh, Michael says they don't cheat, uh, but they do some nefarious things here. And uh, they essentially uh, uh, win the race by knocking out Teo, um, which causes uh, um, Sid to be in, in debt to Malegi uh, right when they're about to take Sid um uh omega steps up and says wait a minute let's uh what if we do another race and uh if we get this if we win then we keep sid but if not you get double um and malegi steps to omega says okay kid if you uh, i don't know you think you know what you're doing but all right let's make it happen you know uh, uh tech is initially hesitant for this wrecker is also uh agreeing with this uh and then omega talks them into it says something's gonna happen to sid if we don't do this so then they're united front and that and then uh Malegi takes Sid away as collateral for this situ- for this uh, bet here. So let's stop there. Michael, what an intro here. Really fascinating to walk into a new world, see another version of racing, um, but also seeing the different species that are there. You know, we see there in the stands, and also seeing this new character of Malegi and this new droid of Teo. What do you think about this whole sequence leading up to uh, Sid being taken off by Malegi? Yeah, I mean, this was definitely, you know, one part, like I said, one part of Star Wars is what we got last week, which is like, here's some political commentary, here's some social yeah. stuff, we're going to dive into the clones. This was like, the this was the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen version of a Star Wars episode. Like, you know, from like the beginning, from the beginning, from the beginning of the episode, when, uh, when Omega and Wrecker are playing to Jarek, and you're like close in on like the stop motion. I love I love the fact that we basically have a CG version of stop motion creatures as we're harkening back to like the original version in in hope. And then like you said we get to this new planet. Um I believe it's called uh Zephadun. Zephadun? Yeah, Zephadun. I think. Sorry. Um but yeah, like like you and like you said, you're just looking through there and you're like, "Oh, there's some Aqualish, there's a Pantoran, there's some Twi'lex, there's this, there's that." And all the way up to like you said Malegi, um mm-hmm. Dawit are like big in Star Wars lately. I mean, like, I think, I don't know. When, I think, like, there's a Dawson in Fallen Jedi, like, he's one of the Inquisitors. Um, and then if you read The High Republic, uh, Pan Eta, who's one of the Nihil, is a, is a Dawson. So, like, oh. to John's point, like, these big sort of, like, these aliens are these big, really imposing guys. But what they do with um, Pan Eta in the, in the High Republic, as Laura knows, because I was texting her and geeking out about stuff, and they also did <laughs> with this Malegi character is, even though they're big, they don't come across as like monstrous brawlers. They're not like a giant Gamorrean guard. Like they have like a little bit of like class to them. They're a little bit of yeah. they, like it's a it's a stylish kind of mobster vibe um, that I that I kind of really dug. Like it was a lot of fun. So yeah, like just across the board. To John's point about about pod racing and the prequels, like 
this episode also made me realize, as someone who has said several times, like, I'm an original trilogy guy. When the prequels came out, they were not my favorite thing in the world. But over the years, there are things that turned me off in the prequels that have that I've come to uh, embrace as part of the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And certainly in this episode, just the entire vibe, the stands, the racing, everybody like buying, buying their Mantel mix, like everything that's going on. And to your point, the announcers who have this very sort yeah. of like, all right, who we got here? It's these races coming. Like when I saw that in Phantom Menace, I was like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. What is this? But now <laughs> that the pit droids running around, like I love all of it like just it was it was so much fun to watch yeah. all of this and then to laura's point i, I loved having a tech-centric episode it's very clear to me that they recognized when they got in the room for season two they were like you know we had a lot of things we really focused on hunter and omega crosshairs we really knew like i think i feel like tech kind of got short shrift let's dive into tech so starting the season with tech sort of tutoring omega and then leading into yeah. this episode that is a hundred percent Tech getting to do his thing, um, I think was a lot of fun. Um, and then as far as Teo goes, I already said I think Ben Schwartz like just nailed it, like knocked it out of the park. But also the design of Teo yeah. was really cool. I mean, for all that we have, like these iconic droids, we have our protocol droids, we have our astromechs, we have our droids, we have all these different droids. Every time they give us a new kind of droid, it's really exciting. And to have the way he moved, the way his head was on a swivel, just like they like gave him this sort of swagger in the way that he walked. Like it really just complimented Ben Schwartz's amazing uh, voice performance. So it was a ton of fun. And like Shannon said, having a droid who is like, you can't calculate this. It's all instinct, bro. And then having the human being the one that's like, ah, I can calculate this. Don't you worry about it. Like it was just a great inverse of the entire thing. So it, the whole thing was just, it, it was the purest form of what we all love about Star Wars from just like a fun silliness aspect. And I, I was just like eating it up. Well, one of the funny things is he's a droid, but he's like, it's all instinct. It's all instinct. Like that's yeah. one thing that was, you point out, Mike, that I thought just, I could not get over that and how hilarious that is that he's the one. Because, uh, I mean, you know, droids, we know C-3PO calculating the chances. We know, um, you know, we've seen uh, uh, other droids here who are incredibly intelligent. So this idea of being able to calculate these kind of things. But the fact you've got a droid saying, it's all, you know what, I feel it. I go by the seat of my pants. You know, that's a, it's Well, hilarious. it does kind of bring up, I mean, this is, this is like the, I don't know when Star Wars is going to deal with this or if they're yeah. ever going to deal with it. But I am not clear on droids and what they are or are not like droids droid rights droid are lives, treated droid life, yeah. well droids are treated like they have no rights and that they're like property sure. but they clearly have feelings and emotions like we have been feeling like laura poor laura is about to cry every time a new droid is introduced like they're all like so like this whole yeah. sort of back and forth i mean i know like even in like the new Mandalorian trailer, when like uh, Din Djarin walks into a droid bar, it looks like like they're yeah. just like they're like what? that was a cool moment. What is it like? Where are we with droids? Because they clearly they're sentient. I don't quite know. So it's it's interesting to me. I think there's just a lot of racism against droids after the Clone Wars. That's what I think. Is it right? Okay. You you were uh, you were in the Republic. You were like fuck those droids. <laughs> well, we saw that in the last episode, right? The way. Rampart spoke to a crosshair, very much dismissive, very much, as I said in the review, 
uh, a version of dehumanization of uh, of uh, crosshair. So certainly that's possible here. Um, but Teo, I don't know if Laura was necessarily shedding a tear on Teo. Maybe you can clear that up for Laura, for us, Laura. Um, <laughs> what an interesting character, though. Uh, one of my uh, colleagues here, Rafael Montemayor, I love his reviews. He, he, he wrote this down in Vulture. And I'm going to read this before we get to your thoughts on the first half here, Laura. He says, Teo's a funny, interesting character because he's probably the first droid who, who we've met who is just a total douchebag without any redeeming qualities or childlike <laughs> innocence. He said, so far we've kind of we've met kind droids, funny droids from a street of our organic silly battle droids with dumb catchphrases, but not until Teo have we met a droid who acts like a character straight out of Talladega Nights, the Battle of Ricky Bobby. So I, I think that's a <laughs> fantastic comparison for Raphael to use, man. hundred <laughs> percent. So Laura, what do you think about this intro here? And you know, we see Sid kind of grabbing up one half of the crew to go with her, essentially being muscle uh, for her situation here with Malegi. She makes a sizable bet. She says he's a ringer. So she's, she knows she's trying to play the odds a little bit and it blows up in her face. And she really has no, no recourse. Like she doesn't tell them, save me or do anything. It's, it's Omega has to step up here and kind of make it, make it all happen. And then they take Sid away. So what do you think about all of this as an intro uh, to this episode? You know, I really love that this episode, pay, uh, you know, paid a lot of homage to Phantom Menace to the point mm. where even when we're in the race, like you can hear a lot of the sounds of like, pod racing and you the racers yeah. just like look a little bit different but a lot of those same sounds sort of carried over and it's great um and yeah the fact that you can it, it appears to be legal to have weapon systems on these racers somebody fires their lasers into the crowd kills a spectator <laughs> and everyone in the crowd seems unfazed by this and then we get the announcer with the friendly reminder, literally, that Sofatoma Speedway is not liable for any injury, death, or disintegration. Just perfection. I loved every aspect of the, the race that we brought to this. And there are so many amazing comedic beats in this, in this episode, in this first half in particular, with this announcer and with, of course, Teo. Now, I'm not losing any sleep or losing any tears over Teo, uh, sadly, but every single thing that he said i feel like i had to write down every single thing because it was great at one point he refers to himself as an artist yes which i don't know if we've ever heard a droid do that before i love that <laughs> um he and the fact that he is i think he's talking to wrecker at one point where wrecker wrecker asks him if he thinks that he can win the race teo says that he's going to ignore the obvious question and then after a beat <laughs> <laughs> just perfect it's just perfect and the fact that yeah that they got john ralphio himself ben schwartz to come in and play I mean, this role it's who else could it i don't think anybody so else could have pulled this off as well as he did it was just absolutely perfect and you know even him going out with i regret nothing before yeah. he completely loses power it's just fantastic i enjoyed it so much um and yes very much interested in in sort of maybe a little bit more of sid's backstory i hope we sort of get a little bit more of that yeah. um i don't recall have we ever used her full christian name before oh, of sidar in scaleback nope. or was that all news to us nope yeah. i think that's new that's a great yeah. point yeah I'm like, i enjoy that well, because very much. because, that, because nobody name. nobody that we've met in season one has a history with her so she has the upper hand like a really subtle way of showing that Malegi knew her better than everybody else did. Like they have a history. Yeah. He knows her story. He knows her full name. It was just a really like, it was a casual name drop that meant a lot, which I really liked. Yeah. yeah. You're right, Mike. Like uh, there's no one who was above Sid who was in a scene with her that could have used 
her full name in a way that Malegi did. Clearly, Malegi having history here as well. Yeah, uh, you're right about John Ralph. I mean, the idea of using John Ralph is so perfect with uh, Ben Schwartz. <laughs> I keep, I hope there's a Jenny Slate. Maybe there's a Heyo droid. That would be so great. Maybe a sister <laughs> droid to Heyo. That would be yes. awesome. That would be awesome. Oh, God. Those are my favorite episodes of Parks and Rec, those two. Uh, Shannon, the first half of the episode here, we get this. Uh, we talked about Teo. We've talked about um, you know the way that Sid is kind of a little bit verbally uh, unsettled by Malegi, even though she pushes back and challenges him to this race and puts a large stakes on, puts a large money on it. Do you think there's, I don't know, do you think Sid has an ulterior goal? Does she think she has a little bit of, uh, you know, like her own reasons for doing the things that she's doing in this situation? It seems odd that Sid would be caught out and not understand how Jet Vermin, which is the name of the pilot for, which is a great name for Jet, Malegi, Jet Venom. Jet, Jet oh, sorry, Jet Venom. Sorry, sorry. I meant to say Jet Venom. Um, uh, turns on uh, Teo and, and takes him out. You figure she would know that. So what do you think about this whole half? Do you believe that this might have been a big setup by uh, Sid? No, no. Okay. I, I No, I think uh, Sid obviously has a past. And we find out in her conversation where uh, Malegi says, like, hey, once a hustler, always a hustler. Mm. So, it's, so we're given a, a peek in that Sid is trying to be um, – uh, a better trend ocean mm. um at least that's that's what it appears that's what it appears like um no i think i think someone like sid you know you're hanging out on ord mantel you know you have a pass you probably have some unpaid debts out there but but yeah. you think you have this ringer with Teo. it's like here's here's a way for me to uh settle up and even make a little more coin on the side and then when that doesn't happen you know we do get a um a couple nice shots of of a vulnerable looking sid mainly in the race when tech is losing yeah but uh no i don't think this was some grand plan i think that i think sid you know accidentally found herself behind the eight ball and luckily you know the bad batch was there to to help her out um so yeah, I thought it, it, it always makes me laugh, like with Malegi, when you have this um seeming um physically capable bad guy yeah. with like these ham hawk fists surrounded by little guards. Um, like even like the little Gamora, and I was just like, he doesn't need you all. Like in a moment, he could just he could snap any of them in in half. But I think it's it's a it's a really, really fun visual. And uh, to the to the Teo, since this is going to be a big Teo love fest, yeah. um, the design of that character. I mean, one of the funny things about Ben Schwartz as a performer, despite being uh, immensely talented, is physically he's just funny looking. Like he's yeah. a tall, lanky dude, and the fact that like he is just all arms and legs. And when the the design of Teo kind of physically matches him and even sort of that mono expressive face. It's sort of again, I just I, I saw John Raffio. Like, you know, the whole time, like just, you know, three, three or four perfect circles um, and watching um, the uh, how, how, how I'm trying, I'm, I'm looking for a word that's not coming to my coming ahead right now. But you see the bravado that that mm-hmm. Teo has and saying to Tech, you think you could make those split second instincts and and uh, Tech's very matter of factness. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know though. I don't know everything about the game yet. Yeah. And then when he finds out enough about the game, he's like, okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, so it's just, it was just a really, really fun juxtaposition. And my desk, I am losing a lot of real estate with great figurines, but I would 100% put a tail. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> 
hell yeah i want a tail yeah yeah i'll take a tail droid anything especially if it's leaning in the way he does like does that that little <laughs> lean in stuff that little like jab with his physical body is so great uh when you see the characterization well, he moves a little bit like he's had like one too many uh cans of oil you know what i mean like he's got that little bit of let me tell let me tell you something buddy i'm good like I'll perfect <laughs> uh, all right let's take a quick break and we'll jump into the back half of the episode uh right after this March of right. getting there. <laughs> yeah, right. So they end up putting Teo back together. They put the ship back together. And uh, the me- meanwhile, Tech is actually, as Shannon said, studying the plan, studying the design, because it's an interesting track. In my mind, the whole time, I'm like, this is Disney selling an aspect of a video game that's coming out soon. There's no way this is not an effing video game with those things popping up. And so he said, stud- don't go to the left. You know, this whole thing, studying the course there, of course. The, the pod racing video game back in the day was great. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't really imagine. Was. Another I, one loved, I loved that pod racing video game. We played it for <laughs> hours and oh it was so good you put it on high speed like oh man i loved it <laughs> i'm sure sorry, right. <laughs> I would imagine so. all right sorry continue continue no no <laughs> <laughs> so just when they put it all back together and uh, you have teo ready to get on and, and do this race we have the kaniki moment uh and we'll get to it in just a second but first we see malegi and uh and the sid having this conversation in sid's in malegi's uh I, I don't know suites i guess you would say there above the racetracks there the back and forth and he's trying to you know kind of suss out where she's at um in terms of falling back into her old ways and all of that and she's resisting and she's saying she's got a crew she's saying she's doing her own thing she says she's walking her own path kind of resisting everything that Malega is trying to essentially rope her back into so we see that kind of happening with them but then as i said we go back to teo who is all fully built now he has the back i mean the whole scene with him where are my arms and legs? Uh, you know, all this. Of course, I can race. Where are my arms and legs? That great moment there. And then later when he's put together, having him as he's having this back and forth with Tech, we have the Kaniki moment when he's slammed into randomly by some pilot who just gets up and walks away from the accident like it's no big deal. Um, and Malegi shows up here uh, as Wrecker and Tech pick up. I think it's Wrecker and Tech or Wrecker and uh, and uh, Omega pick up what's left of uh, Teo. And Teo says, I regret nothing and then clicks off um and and we see that uh, interaction so malegi thinks okay it's done it's a done deal you're it, it you know i've won there's nothing more to do here and then tech steps up to the plate kind of interesting i'm going to show a graphic a little bit later from a designer that i really appreciate what do you think of it uh, totally steps up to the plate and says he will drive the ship and what's great is while they're having this back and forth tech is actually thinking you see him like thinking to himself assessing the assessing everything and then deciding yes actually i will try out this race and figuring this all out so jumps in they they agree to it malegi's down for it saying you know i hope you know what you're getting into tech does the race this is fantastic weaves in and out wrecker's going crazy saying he's losing the whole time omega's trying to be encouraging and i think you're right shannon it would have been nice to have Teo throwing in some certain comments uh, throughout this whole situation Eventually, he does go to this tunnel that they that Sid said not to go into, which is the tunnel on the left. It is the quickest way around, but also the most dangerous way around. He's got to speed up, though, to be able to get through that tunnel. 
he figures out because he's intelligent guy tech that he has to dump the weapons. So he slides into the pit real quick, dumps the weapons, and then rolls off there, was able to elude the two uh, um, uh, fighters there for, or two uh, drivers there for, uh, for uh, uh, Malegi, is, gets out through his whole thing, and then ends up winning the race, saving Sid's hide. Uh, and they go up into the suite, both uh, Wrecker, or all Wrecker, Omega, and, and uh, um, uh, Tech up there. And then you see... Sid say thank you to Omega, and there's a vol- moment of vulnerability, a real moment of vulnerability from Sid. And then she almost even and she says, "I guess I owe you guys one." And Tech says, "Yes, I think you do," without any kind of emotion, just matter of fact. And then immediately Sid reverts back to like the defense. I'll make it up to you. And they start walking out. And before the three uh, clones can walk out, Malegi says to them, "That loyalty is great." But in Sid's case, don't be surprised if it's not returned in a critical moment. This leaving them something to think about. And they all walk out and have this conversation about it. And the episode ends. So we're left with a little bit of dread here by the end. So, Laura, what do you think about how they handle all this? The race itself, tech coming to the rescue. And then by the end, being left with this idea that, yeah, it's great that they did this. And this is good for the characters because we love them. But this could be something that comes back to bite them in the ass with Sid down the road. I like that we're sort of leaving the door open with Sid and we've still got that sort of unsureness going on with her. You know, he t- I think Malegi tells her, you know, like hustlers like us never change. And I yeah. think in a way that's definitely true. I think that she'll probably be scheming and hustling until her dying day. And but I like to think that there's a chance that she might just be using some of those skills for good. You know, mm. she's like, she's clearly not like in the sort of, criminal underworld as much as she used to be but she hasn't like retired and taken up gardening i feel like she's sort of reapplying those skills and using some of them sometimes for mostly good maybe not always totally good all the time so it'll be really interesting to see where they take her through the rest of this season because yeah they do sort of there's a lot of back and forth in this episode in particular where i am just not sure i'm like do i trust her or not you're you know you pointed out this like sort of emotional moment that she has yeah. with omega and with the rest of this group where she clearly is like well yeah now I, I i guess i owe you guys a little bit and i think one of you mentioned it earlier they're almost kind of out from under it when malegi takes her away they're like you know we don't yep. she goes away our problems go away we don't have to worry that she's going to turn us into the empire we can do what Hunter wants and just kind of go live a more normal life and give Omega this more normal life. And of course it's Omega that steps in as the moral compass to say, no, we do actually have to help her. Um, So I like what we're doing with Sid, just giving a little bit more depth to her and giving us, giving her some new places to go. I think Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting character wise in this latter half of this episode was some of the stuff with tech. Um, Mm. There's great music playing over the entire race that tech is racing in the yeah. music is techno techno for tech oh we see good what you did there, Kiners. we see it we enjoyed it <laughs> um, <laughs> i thought it was really fun um at the very end when he wins i mean the crowd is like going wild and cheering for this underdog who came from behind was in last place for a good chunk of the race and he's just observing the crowd with this indifferent expression <laughs> before he salutes and walks away yeah. and it's just such a 
tech moment. And I, I just really like that for him. So I like that we're, we're giving him again, new places to go, but we're staying very true to who he is as a character. And I think that they've just found a really good balance with him in particular. And I like that we got a little bit more quality time with him in this episode. Yeah. Agreed. Shannon, what do you think about this back half of the action? The race was a little bit longer than the first race we saw, obviously in the first half, because we got to see all the ins and outs and the ways that this all goes down in the course. we got to see the unique thing, those things popping up, the different uh, ways that they're using everything, the different weapons that are being used. We get to introduce, we get introduced to all these racers. A couple of them look like C-3PO in different, uh, different colored, uh, uh, I don't know, armor, whatever it is where, uh, there. And all, we see some different versions and everyone has a nickname, as I mentioned, except for tech. And it becomes this weird interaction with the voiceover guys. Oh, it's almost like Bob Euchre in major league. He was like, Wait, is he? He's just called Tech. That's that's it. That's all he's called. <laughs> he's just looking around for his papers to get more information on Tech. So it's just a, a great little moment here. And then, yes, by the end, Tech, as Laura said, they're cheering for Tech, and he has to analyze even that he's analyzing to understand what the right reaction. And then he gives him a little tip of the hat there. Um, so what do you think? But then by the end, as I said, we have that uh, nice, uh, that interesting note because we'd seen Malegi as a villain through or the antagonist, I guess, is a majority of the episode. But by the end, he gives them a little bit of advice that seems to come from a place of really trying to warn them about something that may actually happen to them. So it's an interesting beat to give your antagonist here by the end of the episode. So what do you think about this back half of the episode and that whole race? I mean, I love a multisyllabic unique name. <laughs> and so I went through <laughs> and, and typed all these oh, with... Jet Venom, Bosco, the Mad Bomber Bricks, Steel Claw Kane, Vicious Vid Santari, Haxon, the War Gnome Trajonics. Yes. This is my favorite one, possibly because of the action the droid did. Quick Draw Quasar, which had a battle droid head with a like, protocol droid body because he stood up and did the six shooter <laughs> to the crowd that I thought was really, really funny. Um, the Trickster Flash Rocktor. And then this one is this one is just a fantastic name. And I feel like they would uh, insist on saying every every uh, uh, every syllable correctly. Hyper Rod on his seven deuce blaster. <laughs> That seems like that was probably just so much fun to come up with. And then, yes, the really, really great performance by the uh, uh, announcer. actor. And then tech. That's it. Just tech. Uh, no, I don't have anything about this. Guy. I love the air. The- so the good. airing of the dirty laundry that the announcer's just like, ah, oh, you know, Rose messed up again. I don't want you. She didn't give me the second sheet. Yeah. <laughs> it was so just good. comedically, it was just really, really funny. And because this, this was a lighter episode, despite the fact that we have two deaths that are used as punchlines, um, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, I did think the, the uh, Kiner score, I'm immediately yeah. thinking of like Mario Kart, like, you know, cer- certain certain levels in Mario Kart and just the as, as they're inside those tunnels, just the animation again mm. is just so gorgeous. Like you see you see how focused tech is with this tunnel just flying past him. Um, I, I do think the like. I think Andor kind, and again, this is not a comparison to Andor. I realize they're very different shows. Um, but the the moment that Andor used the tractor beam uh, detritus missile, 
uh, that Stellan Skarsgård used. I was like, oh, that yeah. kind of set a new level of action for me. And I, that, I wanted something like that with Tech winning the, winning the race between Jet Venom and, uh, and Kane. Because I was like, I, like, I kind of saw, you know, you kind of, it's telegraphed a little bit. Like, you see what's mm-hmm. about to happen. It's like, okay. And again, it all looks great. I was like, ah, I just wanted that extra that extra thing to really, really show just how, you know, freaking smart tech is. And then getting to, yeah, I mean, I thought that was a great character moment of him just sort of analyzing this uproarious applause and kind of like, huh, well, I guess uh, do one of those. Um, And the thing that was interesting about Malegi as a character is uh, while being a hustler, being a gangster, there is a code there. Seemed like there was a code. yeah. yeah, like the the his his uh, henchmen were ready to ready to take him out, and he's like, no, no, like they won, they yeah. won fair and square. Yeah, Go Jet on. had the, it, the the pistol was laying on the right by Jet, and you had a feeling Jet was going to use that thing, and Malegi literally stops him from using that thing because we saw him trying to grab it and maybe spin around and shoot him in the back. Yeah. yeah, it's that that honor that honor amongst thieves, and I think when you get a performer of of note like Ernie Hudson yeah. with an interesting character like this, my guess is that we have not seen the last of Malegi. I mean, you you know you you watch that interplay between him and Sid, and it's like okay, we're 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 going to find out specifically what they are talking about in terms yeah. in terms of what Sid did in the past. Um, and yeah, I mean, it almost seems like he's doing them a solid. Like, hey, you know, watch out for that one. Um, so even though we do have this light, this lighter, fun episode, that little bit of a foreboding tone that he throws out there, that's that's the type of thing that brings people back to your show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mike, your thoughts on this back half of the episode? Anything stood out or anything we didn't quite cover that you want to make sure we stress? I mean, I think you guys covered most of it. It was just it was just so much fun. And yeah, the animation is absolutely spectacular through all of this. Uh, as far as the racers go, I spent more time than I'm willing to admit uh, wondering how two, not one, but two protocol droids end up as racers in a riot race. <laughs> like that is a journey. Like yeah. that is a backstory that I want to know. I'm like, like they were like going through all of it. And I was like, is that a protocol droid? Is that a protocol droid? How <laughs> in the hell? What? What? Um, and then just, you know, even though I think the whole C-3PO battle droid gag in Attack of the Clones is super cheeseball, uh, seeing them reference the gag with the protocol droid body and the battle droid head, man, it makes me laugh now. Like, it didn't make me laugh when Attack of the Clones came out, but that guy was like, now that's funny. Um, so that was, (laughs) that was just, that was really good. The thing about the race, and this is, and we talked about this, uh, on, maybe it was on our Willow review last week or something, but. You know, it's always great when a show surprises you. It's always great when a show does something unexpected and you're like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. But there's also something very satisfying about setting up the pins and knocking them down exactly right. So even though the second that they say, don't go into the left tunnel, you are pretty clear on the fact that tech is going to go into the left tunnel. We all know that's going to happen. So when he goes in the left tunnel, it's not like we all went, Oh my God, you went through the left tunnel, but they, they nailed it. Like it was satisfying. Like to Shannon's point, it would have been great if there had been like one or two more pluses to some of the action that if like, like tech getting out from between the two guys, he had done something that was a little bit unexpected so that you still knew it was happening, but there was a little bit of a surprise, but 
this was a very solid storytelling episode because it was satisfying. Like, even though you know what's going to happen, it happens, it goes exactly the way you think. But when Tech is standing there at the end and he saved the day and he gives his little salute, you're like, way to go, Tech. Not too yeah. shabby, Bad Batch. Like, you just feel good about it. Also, Mike, he jumps down and he says, you guys look surprised. He jumps down like to, to him. <laughs> it was, right? It was, of course I won. It wasn't even like Teo well, who was like, you damn right I won. Text is like, well, it makes logical sense I'd win. You know? It, well, that was that a fun actually, it brings too. up an interesting point. It brings up an interesting point, which is a lot of times if you're going to do an episode focused on one of your characters, the whole point of the episode is your character learns something. Your character goes like, so I, I did kind of wonder, I was like, oh, is this the episode where Tech thinks that he can only rely on his smarts, but then he realizes that maybe in life there's a little bit more. Like there's always that, oh, is that what the lesson is? But there's also something very satisfying about a character like Tech going, no, I've got this, guys. And I was like, oh, yeah. Tech, I don't, I don't know if you do. You're very smart. You're very smart, but this is a whole other thing. Like this is instinct and you got to go last. Like it's, 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 and he's like, no, no, I'm good. And then he like through the race, he like he's like, uh, I need to go faster. I'm gonna get yeah. rid of my weapons. And everyone's like, the yeah. fuck are you can't get to riot race? You can't get rid of He's like, no, no, I got this. So like the whole episode, there's something really fun about it. you keep waiting for that moment where, oh, well, tech is gonna learn something, or tech is gonna have to do something different. And tech gets to the end and he goes, No, guys, I I, I told you I had it and I, I've got yeah. it. We're good. <laughs> You're like, all right, Tech. And in a way, even though that's not the usual thing, usually it's like, oh, Tech said, oh, now I realize this. There's something satisfying about a character being like, guys, this is who I am. And then you get to the end of the episode and he goes, I told you, this is who I am. And you're like, okay, noted, got it. And that was something really nice. As far as the Sid of it all, they're clearly setting something up. I agree with Shannon that I I, I think we probably haven't seen the last of Malagi. I would like to see some no, more of him. I think no he's a really way. fun character. Yeah. What I'm, there's a world where Sid does betray them and it frees them up to go do whatever they're going to do in the back half of the season. There's a world where Sid has the chance to betray them. And because of what happened with particularly with Omega, she doesn't. And there's a world where it looks like Sid betrays them, but then it turns out she didn't really betray them. And she's like, ah, I told you guys to trust me, but you don't listen. Like, so it could go, like they're clearly setting something up. But the fun thing about a character like Sid is it's the opposite of what I was saying about tech where you set up the pins and you're like, I know how this is going to go. It's going to be satisfying with Sid. I'm like, all right, it's a choose your own adventure. There's like three options here. You're probably <laughs> going to do one of them, but seeing which one it's going to be is fun. And when it's all about betrayal and the back and forth, it's like a heist movie. It's like, you think you know what's going on, but then you don't know what's going on. So it's going to be fun to see. Like, I, I think there's definitely more to Sid. I think we'll find out more of her story. And I think there will be a, moment of betrayal but how that moment lands uh i am not clear on and that's part of the fun yeah and i'll throw a fourth one out there michael she might betray them on purpose as a way to get them to leave her employ so they can go and fight in the rebellion because she realizes that's the better route for them so she sets the whole thing up to betray them so they can leave Instead of holding on or hanging on or anything like that or having yeah, ties to totally. her, it's the smarter move, a tough love move to get them out to go fight in the rebellion. Because, you know, as you're talking, Mike, it occurred to me, there's no way you could have Echo and Hunter in this episode. They would be the guys with, what are we doing? What are you guys doing? Like, they'd be the sourpusses that would kind of hold this back. And you might think Tech would be another one of the sourpusses as well. But the fact that they kind of turn that on its head in this episode is kind of brilliant and it works out. To the point that by the end, when he does jump out and go, 
you guys look like you guys look surprised, you know, and the record going, you were losing the whole race, man. You know, this whole thing, you can, you can actually accept that without it being hubris or arrogance. It's, it fits his character. So he would normally, he wouldn't logically. It's an interesting, yeah, no, it's an interesting thing you bring up because we all, Wrecker very clearly has like a childlike personality. Like he's big, he's strong, he can do whatever, but he's a giant teddy bear. Like he's like, oh, he's a kid. He's like, he's very simple. Um, Hunter and Echo are burdened with a lot of feels. Like they both, Hunter, Hunter is feeling a lot of things about Omega, a lot of things about his responsibilities. Echo is feeling a lot like they need to do more. A lot, he's very WWRD, like what would Rex do? Like he's very much like, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of opinions happening. But Tech, to your point, you think because he's super smart, he's also going to be burdened. But in a lot of ways, this trio of Wrecker, Tech, and Omega, they are all very in it. Omega is very much like the like the heart of the group. She's mm-hmm. the she's the conscience. But Tech is like, hey Tech, we need you to do this. Why? Because we need to get up there. Hmm, okay. Like he's not he's not <laughs> overthinking things. For someone who's right. so smart, hey, here's a puzzle, Tech. And he goes, huh, a puzzle. Okay. Like, like he's like not dealing with it. So it is kind of nice that it was a Hunter and Echoless episode because you just had the gang that's like, we're down to clown. What's going on? Races? Cool. I got it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. I like Wrecker struggling to say I'm inclined to. He had a hard time saying it <laughs> one. There's too many syllables in the word. I thought that was a great moment by D. Bradley Baker to choose to say it that way as well. So just great stuff. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, overall, any more we should talk about? Have we hit all the points? Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up? No. Are we good? Okay. Mikey, do sometimes, you sometimes something's just fun. Yeah, I agree. And this was a lot Thank of fun. You. Yes. Um, all right. Well, thanks everybody for watching this spoiler review episode of the Bad Batch episode four. Yes. In the season two. Is that right? Episode four. Am I right on that? Episode okay. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so many seasons going on right now of stuff. It's crazy trying to keep it all track, but a fantastic episode. I enjoyed the hell out of this one. I did. I really had a blast with this. It was fun. And uh, <laughs> a friend of ours, Laura, also enjoyed this episode, did this awesome uh, design, which I got to put up. Shout out to Brian Ward, who did this for tech. Essentially <laughs> taking Vin Diesel's cup from Fastlane. I thought it was genius. Uh, and another friend of the show, Wendy, lead time gen family. Exactly, family. That's right. So uh, great stuff from Brian Ward who's fantastic when he does his graphic designs for star Wars as well. So great stuff there from him. And I think that sums up the episode to a T uh, thanks so much everybody for watching or listening to this uh, spoiler review episode on geek buddies. We appreciate it madly. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah. If you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon, the geek buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca says. Mikey? Uh, look, if you like Nerf Nuggies, please tell me where we can get some because I would very much like to get some Nerf Nuggies. But once you have done that, uh, you can also hit this like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, check out all the amazing content he's got, leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? Where do you think things are going? Uh, how, you know, how does it compare to last week's episode? How does it compare to the rest of the Bad Batch? Let us know your thoughts. If you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some comments and some stars. Let it go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies.
There you go. And of course, uh, speaking of hanging with us, big, big shout out to the great Laura Kelly, who uh, joined us for another review here on The Bad Batch. We always love having you on, Laura. Please let people know where they can find you and everything going on. Thank you so much for having me back, you guys. You can find me on Twitter at ShutUp underscore Laura, and you can find the show that I host with my friend Alice called Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. You can find that on Twitter at Force Toast Pod. We'll have a new episode coming out on Tuesday, and our last episode we recorded, uh, it included a review and recap of The High Republic, The Battle of Jeddah audio drama. So if you're into those, please give that a listen. (laughs) Good, good. That's good. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review episode of the Bad Batch here from the Geek Buddies and Laura Kelly. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.